Good morning. I'm Pastor Bryce Feitner with the Green Street United Methodist Church in Hastings, Michigan. And welcome to our July 5th podcast. Today we're starting a new sermon series on relationships. And um, the scripture I'm going to use for the message today is from Genesis 1 and then a couple of verses into chapter 2. It's the creation story, the first creation story, and most of you know it well. And so I'm actually going to read it today from the uh, message version, which is a little different than you're used to hearing. And so I did that intentionally, so you might think differently about this passage that you are so familiar with. So hear now the Word of God. First, this. God created the heavens and the earth, all you see and all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness in inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day and he named the dark night. It was evening, it was morning, day one. God spoke, sky, in the middle of the water, separate water from water, God made sky. He separated the water under sky and the water above sky and named it sky. He named this sky in the heavens. It was evening, it was morning, day two. God spoke, separate. Water beneath heaven, gather into one place, land appear, and there it was. God named the land earth, he named the pooled water ocean, he saw that it was good. God spoke. Earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree, and there it was. Earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties and fruit-bearing trees, all sorts. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day three. God spoke. Lights, come out. Shine in heaven's sky. Separate day from night. Mark seasons and days and years. Lights in heaven's sky to give light to earth. And there it was. God made two big lights. The larger to take charge of day and the smaller to take charge of night. And he made the stars. He placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth and oversee day and night to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day four. God spoke. Swarm, ocean with fish and all sea life. Birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales, all the swarm of life in the waters, and every kind and species of flying birds. He saw that it was good. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the ocean. Birds reproduce on earth. It was evening, it was morning, day five. God spoke. Earth, generate life. Every sort and every kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. 
Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air and the cattle and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created and God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit bearing tree. I've given them to you for food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. It was evening, it was morning, day six. Heaven and earth were finished down to the last detail. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day he rested from his work, all the creating God had done. May God add God's blessing to the reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we praise you for your scriptures, these scriptures about the beauty of creation. We thank you for what they tell us about who God is, who you are, who Jesus is, and who we are. Thank you. Guide these words that I'm going to share, that they may be edifying to you and edifying to all the folks listening. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message today is You Were Created for a Beautiful Relationship. And it's the first sermon in a series of sermons in July where we'll be talking about relationships. We'll be using readings from Genesis Pastor Kim Metzer from Hope United Methodist Church and I will take turns during this series preaching. So I'm preaching today and Pastor Kim will preach next week, but relationships. Relationships are hard, aren't they? But this is not how God intended it to be. You were created for a beautiful relationship with God and with others. And this creation account that we have preserved in our Bible is so special, particularly when compared with all the other creation accounts in the world. Every culture has one. In fact, some cultures have several, and Native Americans have many. Virtually every tribe of Native Americans had their own creation story. And they have many things in common, that's for sure. When I was in seminary, I had to read all the creation stories that I could find. But this one, this one that we have preserved in our Bible is so unique. It tells us what is truly unique about God and what is truly unique about ourselves and about our relationships. But first, a story to start us off. A scientist challenged God one day to a creation contest, if you will. He said to God, I can create life just like you can, except I'm gonna do it in a test tube. And God said, okay, you're on, you go first. And so the scientist reaches down and grabs a handful of dirt and starts to pour it in his test tube. And God says, I hold it, wait a minute. 
Get your own dirt. <laughs> Get your own dirt. You see, one of the unique things about our creation story is that God created out of nothing. I've read so many others and they always start with something. Just like the scientists wanted to start with, well, dirt. But the biblical creation story says, first or in the beginning, God, just God, that's it. God created from nothing. It's amazing when you think about it. And creation is the very first revelation of God, about God's nature. It first defines God. If you had to define God, and at this point in Revelation, how would you define God? Well, here's one. God is the reason there is something rather than nothing. <laughs> God is the reason there is something rather than nothing, because that's what God started with, nothing. And the building blocks of life can't come from nowhere. Well, except for God. God is the reason there is something rather than nothing. God spoke and nothing became something. That is awesome and that is unique about the creation story in the Bible. Another thing unique about this first chapter, this first creation story, is that it is poetic. Did you notice as we were reading it that it had a cadence to it? It's that type of literature where there was a systematic repeti repetition. God spoke light, God spoke sky, God spoke earth, and after every creation sequence it was evening, it was morning, day one, day two, etc. It was poetic. It was poetic. And that's one reason, there's many, but this is one reason why chapter one in Genesis, that creation story, is a little different than chapter two. Sometimes the Bible is criticized that those two creation accounts don't match. Well, chapter one is poetic, it's prose. Chapter two is more of a narrative. But what does this passage tell us about God and how we are to relate to God? Well, polytheism, the belief in multiple gods, was the prevailing thinking at the time this creation story was first circulated. The belief in many gods was the established way of life. Even the Israelites were tempted, as you recall in later scriptures, and they even yielded to worshiping these many other gods. There were gods for everything, and most of those gods were associated with, yes, creation. They were contained in nature. They were polytheistic, many gods, and they were pantheistic. God was contained in nature. Much different than the biblical view of God, I might add. But for example, Egypt had a god of the sun, and Egypt had a god of the moon. If you will, a god of light, a god of day, and a god of dark, or a god of night. Imagine an Egyptian reading this or hearing this Genesis creation story for the first time and how they would have viewed it. Well, this passage, God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day and named the dark night. It was evening, it was morning, day one. Well, to an Egyptian at that time or anyone who believed in multiple gods, it says way more than my God is better than your God, or my God is stronger than your God. It says, my God created your gods. 
Those things he created were gods. Those gods you worship, my God created. And not only that, God named them. And in that culture and at that time, naming meant you had some power over them. God has power all those other so-called gods. In God's final product of creation, human beings. Note that after each incremental creation account, God says it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. But after creating humans, he says it was very good. It was very good. So don't think you're not special. Just as God created you, you are special. You are created to be very good. And the passage version we read today said that God created us in a God-like, God-like fashion. What does that mean? Well, verse 26, 28, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible. Let us. Never has God spoken in a plural form before the creation of humans in this creation story. Every other time God spoke, there was light. God spoke, there was sky. God spoke, God is so powerful, but creation was still, well, separate or impersonal. It wasn't relational. But the language now becomes personal. The language before was impersonal. Let there be, let it happen, and God speaks into existence and creates it and identifies with the creation, but not with the actual item created, not with light, not with water, not with elements, not with the sun, the moon, the stars. He has no personal relationship to these things. But in verse 26, as we just read, we see that God gets personally engaged. Let us make human beings in our image. And also up to this point, God defines himself as just singular, if you will, God. But now God defines himself using a plural pronoun. Let us. Here we have the first foreshadow of Jesus Christ and the first foreshadow of the Trinitarian God that we worship, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that the writer and the teller of these first creation stories thought in Trinitarian terms, that's for sure, but clearly because of the later revelation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, it helps us understand that this plural God makes us in his plural image. And what does that mean? What is the image of God? Well, Clearly, God is creative, and we human beings are creative. Certainly, we can create wonderful things, not out of nothing like God can, but we can be creative. We have that aspect of God's image in us. And God created relationally out of love for one another, for people, for human beings. We too have the potential for that image in us because we are created in the image of God. See, at this point, God becomes personal. He begins to speak in relational terms. Let us make humans in our image. For the first time, God introduces himself in a relational way. Up to now, it's just God. But now God defines himself with these personal pronouns, let us.
us. We our. You see, God has within his very nature relationships. Relationships. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We serve and love and are made in the image of a relational God. And because God is relational and we are created in God's image, we are relational in terms of the reason for our existence. Why did God create? We are the reason there is something rather than nothing. We are the reason for creation, for a relationship with God. Not that God was lonely, but that he loves relationship. God loves relationship with us and that allows us to have relationships with others. He desires us to have those kind of loving, wonderful, beautiful relationships. Wow. You are more important than you thought, aren't you? <laughs> we are. Human beings are more important than we thought. Humans are a special part of creation. We are not just one other life form that evolved over eons of time. As beautiful as creation in and of itself is, as good as those created items are, humans are very good. They're a step above. That means you are special and created for beautiful relationships, just like God. You are godlike in that respect. God's nature is revealed first to us and to everyone in creation. There are so many people I know who say that their church, their God is nature. They spend time in nature. And well, I understand that because let's admit it, God's first revelation to the world is this creation account. And certainly you can see the nature of some aspects of God in nature, in creation. And we as Christians know that there's hints, there's foreshadows of how God is completely revealed to us then subsequently as part of that Godhead, but in the person of Jesus, of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John at the beginning says, the Word was God, the Word was with God. Everything was created through him. In other words, Jesus Christ was part of that creating Godhead that we just read about in Genesis. And because we are made in God's image, because God is personal and relational, we can have a personal relationship with God. And that, and only that, makes genuine love possible for others. We can have beautiful relationships with others, but first we have to have that beautiful relationship with our Creator. To conclude this first message on relationships, this creation story tells us so much about the unique qualities and nature of God and about ourselves. Our creation story is unique. Don't ever forget that. There's many creation stories in the world, but ours is unique. The reason there is something rather than nothing is, yes, God, but also it's because God created us out of a love of relationships. You know, that's why this coronavirus isolation thing we're all living through is so hard, because this is not how and why we were created. We were created for relationships. Praise God, this isn't going to last forever, I promise you. 
And this story tells us that human beings are special. They're a special part of creation. All of creation is wonderful, all of it's awesome, but human beings are special. In the eyes of God, you are not only good, you are very good. You are created in his image. You may think you are nothing, you may think that you are insignificant, but God says differently. Just look at creation. The psalmist in chapter eight says, when I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the stars that you establish, awesome. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, that you love them? Well, you made them just a little bit lower than yourself, and yet you crowned them with glory. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You were created to be godlike in many ways and to have a relationship with God Almighty. Don't forsake that incredible opportunity. So if you have been trying to define yourself, if you've been trying to define your own existence in anything other than our triune relational God, well then you may think that your life is insignificant this morning. You may think that you are nothing, you are a nobody. But remember this creation story. This is where God works best. God spoke and nothing became something. And guess what? God still speaks. God is still good at turning nothing into something. God is still very good at turning nobodies into somebodies. Praise God for that because you were created for a purpose. You were created for a beautiful relationship with God and with other people. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you for the revelation of scripture and what it tells us about how we can relate to you in love, we can relate to other people. Help us to treasure that relationship with you and help us to treasure our relationships with other people. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.